All right, fellas, we're back for episode 17 of the Hockey Collective Show. I'm your host, Nick Bowens, joined by Tyler Mataraz and Mac Fleming. As always, we're here to talk hockey halfway through the season, half the leagues on LTIR. Tyler, how you been, man? I've been good, man. Just busy, living life, watching hockey, playing a little hockey. Uh, all three of us got a new pair of skates. Not a big deal. Thank you, CCM. So uh, I've been trying those out. But uh, yeah, same old, just keeping busy. How about you, Mac? Yeah, this is our first podcast, all three of us, in a long time. So it's going to be fun to get back at it. Uh, playing a lot of hockey, watching a lot of hockey, trying to teach a little one how to play hockey, and uh, trying to get a new hockey team started. So it's it's been a busy time for me, too. The 33rd NHL franchise. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. Um, but, fellas, like I said, we're halfway through the season. Just about every team's past that 42-game threshold now. A lot of teams in spots that we didn't expect coming into the season. A lot of breakout stars. We're going to get to some of those later in the show here. But first, let's just catch up on some teams around the league. Tyler, who has caught your eye as of late and in the first half overall? Yeah, I'm going to go to the West, guys. Um, I'll start with Seattle. That winning streak they had on the road was awesome. Obviously, they lost a couple of games here. But Seattle has just been so impressive. And even going into the year, people were like, is Dave Haxtell the right coach for this team? It was their inaugural season. I think we all expected them to not do that well. Vegas was obviously an outlier in their first season in the National Hockey League. But Seattle's been so impressive. They added some scoring up front. They tweaked the D a little. Justin Schultz has been really good on the back end. And a player maybe we'll talk about a little bit later on, guys, is Martin Jones, who's really surprised me. So Seattle, maybe they've stolen a spot from one of those teams that we definitely expected to be in the postseason. We'll talk about the playoffs in a bit, Mac. But Seattle, for me, that's that main team this year who I didn't think at all would be close to a wild card spot. And they're doing even better than that. Yeah, Andre Burakovsky there has been a huge addition to that forward group as well. And everybody's been good and guys like that. Um, I expected more than last year, as as you maybe didn't uh, at Ty, just from a stats guy, stats guy point of view. And I think they're kind of following up with that this year, so which is nice to see. Yeah, and a team that's kind of been linked to them in their young uh, franchise career here, the Montreal Canadiens. I want to talk about them. Obviously, we had the fun stuff between Shane Wright, your Slavkovsky at the draft there between Montreal and Seattle. Fellas, it just got announced that Slavkovsky's going to miss about three months with a lower body injury there. I have his player card here from Mac, your guy, Jay Fresh. He finishes up, probably finishes up his rookie campaign at a 6% war. That is an all-time low mark for a rookie. Tyler, that's just about as abysmal of a first season as you can have, no? Oh, without a doubt, especially for a first overall pick, who Montreal Canadiens fans might have been surprised that Kent Hughes went out and took him over a lot of guys, including Shane Wright, who we just saw win a gold medal. So, yeah, that's a horrible season. Martin St. Louis, I guess, didn't really give him much opportunity, especially on the top line. He was kind of playing maybe on the second or third line a lot. He was even on the fourth line at times, from what I remember from some Montreal Canadiens lineup. So a very tough first year for him. Hopefully he can bounce back next year. But, yeah, Nick, the Montreal Canadiens, they were a fun team to watch at times. Now they're just a disaster. Martin St. Louis is just trying to do a lot of damage control there. The injuries are starting to pile up. So they'll be in that lottery, Nick. That's uh, That's without a doubt. Yeah, they absolutely will. And I know we've kind of throughout the season, we've been talking about Montreal, Ottawa, Buffalo, kind of that clump of teams there climbing up Detroit, even in that category as well. But fellas, as it stands today here on the 18th, Ottawa and Montreal are both tied at 41 points. 
but Montreal has given up 30 more goals than the Senators have. Montreal has just not looked as good as we even hoped, or they have at Spurs through the season. Caulfield's looked great. We're going to give him credit there. But Mac, Montreal, Ottawa, what have you got there? Yeah, I mean, Ottawa's also been riddled with injuries. Obviously, Norris is playing the first game, I think 36 games I saw tonight, um, which would be good to see him back in the lineup. Montreal, St. Louis is not getting enough out of the guys that he needs to get some, or that he was last year near the end of the season when he took over, which kind of sucks because I thought that uh, he was going to see some big seasons out of some individual guys, and, and some are, but a lot more. I thought there was going to be a lot more than, than what there is right now. Um, but yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa struggled to score just as Montreal has this year. Yeah, they yeah sure. Ottawa. I can say Ottawa's been horrendous, Nick. And just to what you said, Nick, about Montreal and all the goals for compared, it's that decor, right? Like you can't go along in a season with having guys that are all under 23 play on your blue line. We know like Mike Matheson just came back, but like having all of those rookies adds up to that goals for, and it sucks for the forwards, right? Because they can only help you as so much, but yeah, that's part of the struggles in Montreal this season. It absolutely is. But fellas, I want to shift to the Metro here before I get mad that, we're halfway through the season and we already know how the Atlantic playoffs are going to line up between Toronto and Tampa there. Ty, I mean, Carolina, Mac was right. The Rangers, though, we're biting on their heels. What have you seen between our two teams out of the Metro there so far? Yeah, the Canes and Rangers have just been fun to watch all season. It was fun watching Max Pacioretty come back for a few games yeah. and Man, really hope he's back soon because he looked like he fit in. He started on the fourth line with Rod Brendamore, already got a shot up to the first line with Sebastian Ajo, and then boom, he gets injured once again. So we hope Pacioretty's back, but the Canes, they're a fun team to watch. The three-headed goalie monster, I guess, for the time being, has been alleviated with Kochekov going down. He's been another cool story, I guess, midway through the season. And yeah, Nick, our Rangers have looked great. I think they're going to be even better with two first-round picks, a lot of wiggle room for the Rangers at the trade deadline as well. So that's just another thing. Um, but sticking with the Metro Mac, you can talk Rangers Canes, but just another team to touch on before I forget is Washington. Like to get Backstrom and Wilson back at this point, I don't think I had Washington in the playoffs. If we go back to Nobody one did. of our predictions episode. Yeah. So the Capitals, I think are going to surprise me. Maybe they do drop off with some teams that are out of it, but man, the Washington Capitals for me, they just did it without all these big guys. And all of a sudden uh, they're getting healthy again. Camper just saved the day again, you know, yeah. underrated. And Charlie Lindgren helped a little. Lindgren he helped did. a little. He did, yeah. Yeah, they've actually done a lot better really since we ripped them probably a month and a half, two months ago about suppressing shots. They're actually in the top 10 in the league in shots against per game now, which is not the story at the start of the season or last season. Um, so they've definitely tightened it up a little bit. Like you said, Ty, I did not see this coming at all. We wrote them off a month and a half ago when they had all the injuries. They didn't have a right winger in sight. And now we look at the standings, fellas. And they're ahead of Pittsburgh and the Islanders by four points apiece. Yes, they have a couple games more that they've played, but that Metro is tight unless you're Columbus, Mac. Yeah, Columbus is bad. That uh, over 86 and a half I took at the start of the year is not looking great. Although a lot of injuries there throughout the year. Uh, goalies haven't been consistent at all, and they haven't really been consistently in the net either. I mean, Merzlikens and Corpusalo have been in and out of the lineup like crazy, whether it's for personal reasons, COVID, injuries, whatever. Um, Tarasov has played a lot more than I think uh, they've expected him to. And I think there was a fourth guy that played there for a few games as well. Um, so that hurts a lot. Um, but another team's kind of making a run right now for a playoff spot. And they're only five points out of Philadelphia. I mean, Torts has the boys rolling right now. No iPads winning games. What's going on here? 
Yeah, five points out. Like that's crazy. We're past the midway point of January. And at one point early in the season, we talked about the Flyers being in a playoff spot. It seems like they were for the first few weeks of the season. We were like, who the hell are these Philadelphia Flyers? Oh, wait, John Tortorella's there. Then they kind of came back down to earth. But to think that they're that close, if I was a Flyers fan, guys, I'd be disappointed. I don't want the Philadelphia Flyers to make the playoffs if I'm a Flyers fan this year. I want them to get as close to drafting Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli or whoever in the 2023 draft. So we we do think that they're going to fall down a little. That's way too close for comfort if you're a Flyers fan who wants it an absolute disaster this year. So, yeah, it's just a, a weird situation in Philly all year, Nick. It's as weird as it gets. And, I mean, there's been rumors for weeks about trading Provorov out and how he's not happy and the Flyers aren't happy with him. Not going to get into his debacle there this week. That's uh, not our jurisdiction there. Obviously not a good situation. But then you hear Elliot Friedman saying, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if the Flyers bought out Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes is over a point per game. He's their all-star selection. Sure, he's getting scratched, but Philly is just an absolute head scratcher. Like you said, Ty, two to three weeks ago, we were saying, wouldn't Bedard and Philly be sick? Like, that'd be great. And now all of a sudden, they're uh, chasing a playoff spot here. So I have no idea what's going on there. Um, shifting gears to the West, though, the Pacific is a weird, weird division. Teams are pretty tight until you get to Vancouver. Mac, what is going on out West? I mean, Vancouver's just been a total dumpster fire this year with everything. I mean, the the stuff with uh, JT Miller on the on the ice on the bench, yelling at teammates all game. It seems like every game. Um, the the Alberta teams, Edmonton and Calgary, are kind of kicking it up at at this point. They're they're back in the playoff spots. Each of them hold the wild card, uh, and both of those teams could be super dangerous in the playoffs. I mean, Campbell's kind of starting to play better. Um and McDavid and Dreisaitl are obviously still rolling like crazy and and they just got a banner came back again last night so it it's a good time to be an uh, Alberta fan that's for sure. You could almost flip a coin at who's going to miss the playoffs. That's a really good team in the Western Conference because one or two of them probably are. And Mac, just to go back to your point about Vancouver and JT Miller. Man, if you're a Canucks fan, you're like, why didn't we spend that money on our captain Bo Horvat? Because Jim Rutherford as an offer on the table right now for the captain, but he said it's at market value before this season. And yes, we know Bull Horvat is absolutely going off right now. I think he's at 30 goals already. So uh, he is not getting paid accurately as from Jim Rutherford's mouth, the president of the organization. So Bull Horvat is all but gone. If you're a Canucks fan, you wish that JT Miller was all but gone after all the crap he does to his teammates on the ice. Just doesn't seem like he has the greatest attitude. We're not in the room, but it seems like that from the outside looking in. So that's a tough one for kind of Canucks fans to swallow that Bo Horvat's going to be out of town soon. You hope the return's good, but Mac used a great word, Nick. Dumpster fire, that is right for Vancouver. And man, those Alberta teams, like one of them's going to miss, I think. One of them is going to miss. Who is it going to be, Nick? I don't know. I know. I, know. I wish it was Seattle, to be honest, because I want LA in and I want the Alberta teams in, but I don't really foresee that happening. On Vancouver, though, like you said, Ty, just what a wild quote from Jim Rutherford. It's almost like these GMs live in a different world than the rest of us. Like, yeah, I wish I bought a house or a car before COVID, before they all went up 50%, but I didn't. So, damn, I'm going to offer them last three years ago's price and see if they'll take it. Just such a silly quote. If you don't like it, do better. That's the way that I look at it there in Vancouver. I'll be honest, I kind of hope that they don't trade Horvat. I hope he just walks at the end of the year. You screwed it up, Vancouver. Figure it out moving forward. You wanted to pay OEL and Tyler Myers and JT Miller? Go for it. Let your captain walk to somewhere that wants them. Um, shifting gears to the central, though, I mean, couple bottom-of-the-barrel teams here. 
but a couple sneaky ones in the playoffs right now. And Mac, your avalanche, they're on the outside looking in, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a couple minutes. But what have you seen there? They've looked terrible, honestly. Like they've been picked up a lot by Ranton and McCarr and, and McKinnon when he's been healthy. I mean, when they're not going, I mean, the team looks terrible. I mean, they're getting a shot almost every night. Maybe not now that McKinnon's been back for a little bit and he puts up 12 shots a game. Um, but, you know, they're, just, they're not looking the same as they were last year. And if they don't get Landeskog back sooner than later, I think that's going to be a, it's going to be an issue. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like they are. Like, he's not even yeah. in Denver right now. The The whole Landeskog thing has obviously thrown everything for a loop, and the injuries don't help. But as they've gotten healthier, guys, over the last couple of weeks, they still haven't been good. You said it, Mac. Like, they still haven't looked like a cohesive unit. Pavel Francouz looked good in a couple starts. You're still waiting for Alexander Georgiev to kind of be that guy that Darcy Kemper was at times last year in their Stanley Cup winning season. So it's been a mix of everything for them. With Val Nachushkin back, you expect big things from him kind of helping out up front. Uh, we're recording this on the 18th. McCarr's out tonight. Like, that's not going to help the situation. And they go with 11-7 and seven a lot, Nick. Nick, you're a defenseman. Like, 11-7, and seven, that just doesn't work. I think the other night, though, we track it on our show in the mornings, on NHL Morning Skate. Like, I think the other night, teams finally went 3-0, and oh, but it's usually a losing record. And when Colorado does it, it just it doesn't seem right, even though with the injuries earlier in the season, they kind of had to. I, I, I understood it when they had the injuries, but I just really don't get it now. Like, well, I would rather go five than seven. I know that sucks on penalty, yeah. but like, what what are we doing? But speaking of defense in Colorado, one dude that I want more out of, and he just hasn't done it for me this year, Samuel Gerard. I mean, he's been, he's felt like the breakout player for the last like three seasons for me. You watch him play and it's so silky. He's so smart. And somehow he's just not piecing it together this year when they need him the most. I believe he has three and nine and he's a dash 12 or dash 13. And that's just not enough for a top four certified defenseman on the team that just won the cup. I want more out of him. Mac, anything to add on Colorado? Yeah, I think they just one more thing. I think they need to add a second line center or something like that with the deadline. I mean, new hooks, not cutting it right now. And, and neither is comfort there. Um, they just need some, a little bit more depth for sure. Right. Was that Bo Horvat? I don't know. Joe Saka could maybe sweep in and snipe Bo Horvat out of Vancouver. I wouldn't be shocked. And Nick on Sammy Gerard. I've never been the biggest fan. I don't know. People got so excited about this guy. He was pretty good when he was playing in the top four at times, but he's never really dazzled me that much. And this was a guy you were talking about in the offseason. It was like him or JT Comfer who could have went out of town on a trade if they wanted to bring Kadri back. They should have brought Kadri back. Yeah, they've had some problems all year down the middle. It sure does look that way right now. The only other team that I want to touch on there in the Central, fellas, the Blues. What a roller coaster of a season for them. I have no idea what to think. There's rumors of O'Reilly to every team that's in the playoff hunt. They don't know what they're doing on defense anymore, even though they've got all these big boys locked up. Ty, what have you seen in St. Louis and what can be changed? I've seen a lot, a lot of bad, a lot of good. You saw a lot of bad from Jordan Biddington at times, and he's obviously the guy that tends the goal there and you need him to make saves every single night. So it wasn't happening at times and, and the downfall of them, it has been scoring, I think as well. You, you're not getting timely scoring. Cairo and Thomas have an okay this year. We remember O'Reilly didn't score for the first, however long in the year that sucks. If you're the captain of the team and he said it, he had to be better. Hey, Colorado, Ryan O'Reilly. I don't know. A return there would be kind of cool as a second line center, but uh, Mac, the St. Louis blues will not be in the postseason. All I want to do is see Doug Armstrong get a good return for Ryan O'Reilly, even an average return for Ryan O'Reilly, where you don't maybe have to retain a ton of salary. And I want to see him get a decent return 
an even better return for Vladimir Tarasenko because Tarasenko should have been a Seattle Kraken at the expansion draft. I still think that it should have happened. But if you're Doug Armstrong and you have those both of those pending UFAs, you got to get something in return for both of them. Well, even another interesting UFA there or potential UFA is uh, Ivan Barbashev. I believe he is yeah. there too, and he could be a he get a good return as well. Yeah, Boston. He, he'd look good in Boston. I hate that. I hate that so much, but you're so right. Um, speaking of Boston and likely playoff teams, let's shift gears, fellas, a little bit towards looking at the playoff picture here. We're going to snake back through the divisions. I'll rattle off who's currently in the playoffs, who's outside of the playoffs. You guys tell me who's making it and who's not from each division. Uh, in the central, Dallas in the one spot, Winnipeg in two, Minnesota's in three, Nashville's in four, and like we said, Colorado is sitting fifth right now, chasing that wild card. Ty, how do you think the Central ends up? Oh, man, the Central's really, really tough. Dallas and Winnipeg will be in the postseason at the end of the day. Like Colorado needs to make a push now if they want to get that third spot from the Minnesota Wild. So I do see Colorado making it, but I think it's in a wild card spot. So Minnesota will be in, so those four teams will be in, and I don't really know the order behind Dallas and Winnipeg, but uh, if we're looking at the Pacific in a second, one of those Alberta teams isn't making it. Yeah, Dallas and Winnipeg, or sorry, Dallas is getting good goaltending. Winnipeg is getting good goaltending. Minnesota is starting to get gold, good goaltending. It's more from Gus than it is from Fleury at this point. Like He's been unbelievable. I have him in a couple of fantasy leagues. He's been great for me as a, as a waiver wire pickup midseason there. It's been, it's been awesome. But uh, if Colorado and their goaltending can figure it out, They'll make a playoff spot, no problem. They just need to figure it out uh, and get back to how they were last year. Yeah, definitely. I've actually really liked the way that Minnesota's played lately since they got Ryan Reeves. Yeah, I think since they got Reeves, their season's improved drastically overall. Maybe it's a coincidence. Maybe there's a correlation. Who knows? But I think those three make the playoffs. Dallas, Winnipeg, Minnesota. I think Colorado's got to pass Nashville, and that's not an easy task when UC Soros is the dude in net for the Predators, right? You're chasing a hot goalie there, but Nashville, they're going to be the ones that Colorado has to pass. The Pacific here, we got Vegas in one, Seattle in two, Los Angeles three. Like you guys said, Edmonton and Calgary sitting four, five. Mac, who's missing from the Pacific? I'm going to throw a bold takeout here. I think playoffs are going to be set except for Vegas. Vegas is going to miss the playoffs. Stone is, there's talks about Stone's back again, could be out for the rest of the year. Colorado overtakes Vegas for a final wildcard spot, and those other four teams in the Pacific make it. That's my bold take. That's absurd. I love bold takes, Mac, but that is absurd. They did it without Mark Stone at times, but, man, if Vegas doesn't make the playoffs, Kelly McCrimmon, you would be gone really, really quickly. I will say... The one Alberta team that doesn't make the playoffs, guys, is Calgary this year. I do think Colorado is going to make it, as I previously said. I just don't think it happens for Daryl Sutter's team, Nick. Um, but for chaos purposes, I'd love to see Edmonton miss. That'd be that'd be crazy for NHL fans. Sorry, is is this the Calgary that you hammered me for choosing Edmonton over when you said Calgary would win the division? Yep, that's okay. them. Okay. Yep. Same, same team. Okay. Yep. Um, and to defend Mac a little bit, because I thought it was crazy coming out of your mouth, but I didn't realize Vegas is only two points ahead of Seattle and LA. That gap has closed. I still think they make the playoffs. You're just an expansion team hater. We know we've been down that road. I love uh, Seattle. Well, okay. You and the 33rd future team that he was talking about. Oh, yeah, the 33rd. <laughs> um, shifting gears to the East here, fellas. We touched on the Metro earlier, Carolina. 
They're leading the way. New Jersey's a point behind them. The Rangers sit third. The Capitals are fourth. And then I'm going to mention fifth and sixth are the Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Islanders because they're tied. Which two teams end up missing it in the Metro, assuming we have four from each? I'm going to go with the Islanders missing, guys, and it pains me to say because when we go back to the beginning of the year, I did have the Islanders as a playoff team. I might have had them in the top three. I don't remember, but I trusted the Islanders. I trusted Elias Sorokin, but it ain't happening happening for them this year, so sucks to be Lula Amarillo and the New York Islanders. I think Washington gets in. We've said a lot of good things about them over the last couple of weeks, and I think the Capitals do it, especially with Backstrom and um, and Wilson back. And, and, and Pittsburgh stays in. It's weird to say, Mac. And we didn't see a race last year, as one of you guys mentioned, but I think the eight in right now on February 18th or on January 18th are the eight, but I just don't know the order. Mm, that's interesting. That's interesting. Mac, what do you see in the Metro? I really don't disagree with that. I, I mean, I could see the Islanders pushing the, uh, the Penguins for a playoff spot, but you can never count Sid and Malkin out. Like over the careers, they always just find a way to get into the playoffs. And I think that's going to be the case again this year. Um, Carolina, I'm just going to pump their tires a little bit, maybe pump my own tires a little bit. They could figure out how to score with all the shots they're getting. They could probably be like 43 and 0 right now. Like they're just can't find a way to score. I mean, Saros had 63 saves against them the other night. Obviously, that's Saros, but they've done that a lot this year where they've had 40 plus shots and not got more than four goals. So, um, yeah, no, I agree with Ty. I think the seven in right now, or, or sorry, the eight teams in right now are going to be the, the eight teams in the playoffs. That is interesting. That is interesting. Nick, you have Florida uh, in, right? Come on, give us some Florida love. Let's go. No, 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 no. I will not put Florida in. I think hiring Paul Maurice was wrong, incorrect, unnecessary, and they're going to feel the consequences of it this year when they miss the playoffs. Um, so you guys have both teams from the wild card or from the Metro. I, I guess I can't disagree because I'm not high on Florida, but yeah, I mean, can't count Buffalo out. maybe. I want to, but oh. I don't see it. It's it's Tage Thompson and Rasmus Dahlin willing them to victories right now, and that can't. UPL's been good lately, no? Yeah, stop sending him down to Rochester then. Like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, it's terrible for fantasy purposes as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, I think I got to agree with you guys there. That's going to be how it shakes up. The Isles miss, the Panthers miss. Wow. Wow. Isn't it fun that halfway through the season, when we do our mid-season <laughs> reviews, we think we know how the playoff picture looks? Oh, what boy. Is, what is this, 2022, 2021-2022? This is what happened last year. The West is going to be chaotic. We know that. I think the West will be chaotic, especially with Edmonton and Calgary and maybe Vegas dropping out of things like Mac. I think that's absurd, but now I wouldn't be shocked if it does happen, just kind of thinking <laughs> about it. But uh, we do want to see chaos in the West, but the East for the last couple of years, I guess it's been boring. Like Philly and what Detroit made it interesting at times, but yeah, that's, it's not going to happen here down the stretch. No, no, I would have to agree. I would have to agree, which flips us to our next segment here on the opposite side of the playoff picture. We got a new category, Tank Hard for Bedard. The teams at the bottom of the barrel this year, they're going to be going all out. They're going to be selling off pieces. And, boys, there's some bad teams around the league this year. Mac, maybe you kick us off here. Who do you think ends up at the bottom, and kind of what's the picture looking like right now? Uh, Columbus is so bad. I mean, like I said earlier, it was such a bad decision to go with the over and that thing, but – Every time the Hawks win a game, I cringe right now. Like, they beat Tampa the other night. They beat uh, someone in overtime last night. I can't remember who because I hate that they're winning. 
don't even want to watch their games because they're doing good. Taves has been on fire lately, getting points left, right, and center. I mean, just trading for value right now. Come on. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Anaheim is going to be the bottom of the barrel or Columbus. I think Chicago still got some, ta- some talent right now um, that they're just pushing and willing games. Those guys that are competitive and their compete level is high, like Kane and Taves. Obviously, Kane's been awful this year, but um, yeah, Anaheim and Columbus are going to be at the bottom for sure. Okay, hey, Mac, you... you're the Hawks guy. Does does Chicago sell off Max Domi? No, I wouldn't. Really? Okay. Okay. I wow. think it's kind of it's kind of found a spot there. I think it is could be their guy going forward, at least through the rebuild. Yeah, they can have an all five foot five line with him, Tyler Johnson, and Colin Blackwell. Um, <laughs> Tyler, what do you got for the bottom of the barrel tank hard for Bedard? First off, if I was Chicago and Kyle Davidson, I'd go, hey, Max, we're going to trade you, get assets, just resign with us, like have a little handshake deal. Just get some assets in, be like, we're rebuilding, we're trying to get Connor Bedard. So maybe they do that with Max Domi, but I don't think that's really how the NHL works in every single organization. Uh, what I'm going to do here, guys, is what I do on, on our morning show on NHL Morning Skate on Sirius XM, and I'm addicted to the draft lottery simulators, guys. I will be the first to admit it. I am fully addicted to the draft lottery simulator. So I will tell you guys right now with the click of my mouse, who's finishing at the bottom and who's going to win the draft lottery. So I'm just going to click sim lottery. And wow, like these never surprise me. I guess they always surprise me, but the Philadelphia Flyers would move up eight spots and select first. And how about this one? The Florida Panthers would move up eight spots and select second, which Montreal would get that pick. So um, one draft lottery simulator and chaos, chaos, Nick. That is utter chaos. I've actually got the uh, lottery odds chart here, the new breakdown for this year in front of me, because I think it's wild and people, when they talk about tanking, kind of forget how it's set up right now. It's a weird chart. So Ty, you just said Philly moves up eight spots to first. They have a 5% chance of doing that. Florida moves up eight spots to uh second there. They have a three point eight chance and that's montreal's pick from the ben Sherat deal Uh oh but um the top of the draft lottery odds here fellas this is how it breaks down this year if you finish dead last in the nhl you get a 25.5 percent chance at first 18.8 at second and 55.7 percent chance at third so if you come last in the nhl you are more than twice as likely to finish with the third overall pick so is tanking for dead last even worth it this year? Like, I don't get what we're doing anymore. Is this to I don't, avoid tanking? I don't blame Mac for wanting the Hawks to lose every single game. Then just like get close to the bottom. Stop picking up points. Yeah. Like you don't need Seth Jones to tie the game with under a minute left. And you don't need Seth Jones to get the extra point in overtime. So I, I guess not to answer your question, like you don't need to finish 32nd. It certainly helps. But yeah, 55% at finishing at uh, picking third it's uh it's weird i, I kind of wish and i know we're going a little off topic guys but kind of wish it was like in the nfl i think the nba as well we're like we know the chicago bears are picking number one yeah. in the national football league i'd go back to that i would too i would too i think it's so weird um for example the ducks like you said mac are second last right now they're 13 percent chance at first 14 at second 32 at third and 40 at fourth so the ducks or whoever finishes second last in the league has a 70% chance of picking third or fourth. Why are we Why are we doing that? That doesn't make sense to me. And if you're not in the bottom three in the league, um, you basically cannot get the third overall pick 
The other seven teams in the bottom 10 cannot get the third overall pick. It's split between the three worst and then everybody else. Makes no sense to me. I don't know why we change it every year. Can we try something out for like maybe three or four years and see if it works and then adjust? But that's crazy. So I wanted to throw it in there, a little nerd out session there. Um, I think Anaheim should get Connor Bedard. Fellas, they're giving up on average. Guess how many shots? Either of you got a guess? 35. 38.9. 39, which I believe wow. uh, from my research is the highest all time. Were you 39. 0.1 off there, Mac? Were you 0.1, point, off? 0.1 off? I was going to say 39, too. I wanted to throw out a decimal point. Numbers right. guy. Serves you right for throwing zeros into my night, but that's insane. 39 shots a night on average? Can you imagine having like one good game, maybe giving up 27 shots? Oh, that's great. <laughs> In your next game to get back on your average, you got to give up, what, 58 shots, and they do that? Anaheim needs Connor Bedard. McTavish looks great. Terry obviously looks amazing. Zegras, he's having a better year overall, a more complete game. So throw Bedard there. The other one that I think would be fun, fellas. What, what will Bedard do for that defense, though? Like the yeah. shots will be what, 39 39? They need to spend money on people other than John Klingberg and Kevin Shattenkirk. <laughs> That's not how you do defense in 2023. Get um, a deep prospect back for Klingberg when you trade him as well. Like, make sure you get a deep prospect. We know their cupboard is stacked on defense, but we have to wait a couple of years for that. But yeah, they they have to spend money on the blue line. And Pat Verbeek probably knows that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. The other team that I think would be really fun for him to go to is the San Jose Sharks. Yeah. Say they hang on to Timo Meyer. Say they don't trade him. And then it gets to the offseason, and they happen to get the first overall pick. Now you keep Timo Meyer, and you've got Connor Bedard and Timo Meyer on the line. I'd take that running into the next five years or whatever it is there. That'd look nice. You might be able to teach Meyer how to shoot. Hit the net? That'd be <laughs> the, the worst shooter that shoots the most in the entire league. Mine, guys, and not just because Max here, Nick, it's Chicago. I would love to see a number 98 in Chicago, especially after 88 was there, killing it forever, winning Stanley Cups, man, 98 on the Hawks. I can almost envision it already. So Kyle Davidson, Blackhawks fans everywhere, Mac included, they're all crossing their fingers. I I hate hate some, nice to have some positive news in Chicago for a change. Yeah, I hate it because you're right. It does look good. I, I picture it in my head. It looks good, and I hate it. I still, I have a gut feeling Fantilli's going to end up there. I know I've said that all year, but um, sliding into the next topic, fellas, we keep saying it. We're halfway through the season, so we want to give out some all-star awards here from our side. We each have picked three forwards, two defensemen, and one goalie that we think deserve a little more credit. They get a nod from us. It's not necessarily the top five scorers. And to be honest, none of us included McDavid because he should win MVP every single season. He should and probably will win every award, and that's the way it should be. So we kept Connor McDavid off our list to give others a chance. Tyler, maybe you want to start us off with uh, Tyler's midseason All-Stars? Yeah, I'll do it, boys. I'll kick it off, and I'm kicking it off with Nikita Kucherov, who you guys know I have a lot of feelings for, thinking he's one of the best players in the world, which he is. And when you watch him in Tampa this year, like the game just comes so easy to him. Get your hands off your face, Nick. Nikita Kucherov is a top two, top three talent in the world. He just thinks the game so well. It's so fun to watch Kuch. So he's in mind. What is he top three in scoring right now? Like if Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisettle just didn't exist, he'd be winning another MVP. So I'm going with Kucherov. I'm going with the guy we mentioned this episode in Tage Thompson, like his hands in tight for a big man like that. 
insane. So I'll go with TNT. Um, on the other side, Alex Ovechkin, what else can you say? Like he's already at 30. Like, I don't know what else to say about Alexander Ovechkin, but he's in my forward grouping for my all-star team. And on the back end, I got to go with EK 65. Eric Carlson should win the Norris at this point. If we were handing it out today on the other side, I'll go with Hampus Lindholm who stepped it up when Charlie McAvoy was out in Boston. I think he's up there in the top. Uh, top couple in the National Hockey League and plus minus as well. So Lindholm has really impressed me. And in between the pipes, Mac, Martin Jones. Who would have thought? I never would have thought Martin Jones could have led the Seattle Kraken to where they are midway through the season. But Martin Jones has proved me wrong. He's proved a lot of other people wrong. And I'm giving it to Martin Jones. He's been amazing. I wanted to put him on my list. I didn't because... I didn't want to be that bad, but I like Tyler that your list is very on brand. You had the old guys, Ovechkin and Carlson. It's good to see you fellas sticking together there. Mac, what's your all-star team look like? Mine's a little bit in the middle. I mean, uh, Jack Hughes, my young guy, he's my he's been my guy for a couple of years. He's finally having a huge breakout season. I mean, he broke out last year, but he's just continuing it on this year. He's been unbelievable all year. Uh, putting up points left, right, and center. The next guy had a super so super slow start to start the year in Winnipeg. I think he only had two goals through his first 10, 15 games, and now he's on pace for 50, I think. Uh, Kyle Connor is my guy there. And uh, my one of my favorite players to watch right now is Willie Nylander, and that's who's that who round out my forward all star lineup. Um, Chucking it back to Winnipeg, I'm going with Josh Morrissey on the back end. Guy's been a stud on both ends of the ice. Puts up a lot of points, scores a lot of goals right now. Uh, And I think one of the only guys in NHL with uh, 100% war is Adam Fox right now. And he's been unbelievable. I think he should win Norris, although I think Carlson may win it just because of his offensive season that he's having, if he can keep it up throughout the the rest of the year. Um, If not, then I think Adam Fox takes it easily this year. Uh, and then my goalie in almost all my fantasy leagues is Jake Ottinger. It's going to be like that, hopefully, for the next however long he's in the league because he is unbelievable. I think he had a few games where he was injured. Uh, I think he let in more than four or five goals in a, in a five- or six-game period there. Other than that, I don't know if he's let in more than three goals all season. I like that squad, too. That's a good squad. I'm... I haven't been able to find any gripes on either of your teams except Mac, my my personal vendetta for Josh Morrissey and anybody on the Winnipeg Jets, but that's a solid team, and I'm glad you had Willie Nylander on there. It's about time he gets some love instead of criticism here in Toronto. Uh, my all-star midseason lineup, we touched on him earlier in the show. Miko Rantanen's on the left side for me because he has carried the Colorado Avalanche out of the basement to the middle of the pack. They would be so much further down the standings if it wasn't for how he played when Nathan McKinnon was out. He has solidified himself as a top 10 player this year, in my opinion. We're talking about Jason Robertson and Tage Thompson all the time, but Miko Rantanen's a dude that's done it for a long time, and he's doing it to the same degree that they are this year. So I absolutely love him. Elias Pettersson, he's my center. I, I really like the way that he's played under Bruce Boudreau and really when the team hasn't played well, he has played super well, well over a point per game at the moment. He looks great. He looks confident and he was shaky at times last year. So I think it's been a really, really good bounce back campaign to him started the end of last year and carried it right into this season. Love watching him play on the right side. I've got to go David Pasternak. I think he's just been lights out this year. Tyler, I know you love him. So wanted to give him some love here guys. My favorite thing about, uh, David Pasternak this year, he has 35 goals 
which is as many points as Patrice Bergeron has in the same number of games. And we always think about the Bruins as this three-headed monster with Bergeron, Marchand, and Pasta, but Pasta has as many goals as Bergeron has points, and Bergeron's third on their team in points. So he's been dominant this year, 62 points in 43 games. Boy, oh boy, he's going to get paid. I also have uh, Adam Fox on my right side D there, Mac. The only one that the three of us uh, ended up agreeing on, which is very funny and coincidental there, but he's just been lights out. Totally agreed that he should win the Norris, even though it'll probably go to Carlson. But he has carried Tyler, you and I's Rangers, to where they are right now. When they were shaky, he was the dude getting it done at both ends of the ice. The left side D for me, probably one that you guys didn't see coming. Vince Dunn has been spectacular in Seattle this year. He has put up so many points. He's actually third amongst defense and even strength points with 24. He's got 33 and 44 overall. He's plus 26 on the year. He's been just a revelation. I believe he's an RFA at the end of the year. So look for a nice ticket from him. He said he's not signing anything till after the season. So smart move there. And then between the pipes, I touched on him earlier. UC Saros. I mean, we talk about the Carolina game. We talk about how he looks night in, night out. We talk about Nashville being where they are solely because of him. It's crazy how good he's been. The Nashville Predators actually give up the third most shots in the league, tied for second actually with Columbus at 35 a night, and they're still somehow in the playoff picture. It's thanks to UC Saros. He gets my midseason all-star nod in net. Fellas, any disagreements? None for me. Like none of us had Allmark, so let's give him a little shout out because Linus yeah. Allmark's been ridiculous. But uh, I like all of our lists. Adam Fox, so fun to watch, so calm, cool, collected. Like their decor in New York for so long is gonna be great. But I liked all the lists. Yeah, I liked them. Nice work, guys. Nice work, Mac. Agreed. I agree. Yeah, it's nice to have uh, some young guys, some old guys, everything in between. Yeah, we got chirp for having old guys, Mac. What's up with that? Ovechkin's a beast, Nick. He's a beast. <laughs> I know. Ovi's the goat. Always the greatest goal scorer of all time. Don't have to tell me. Um, Fellas, to wrap it up here, people forget everybody's favorite segment, the way we always end the show. Tyler, why don't you get us started here? People forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. That's what I'm going with, guys. People forget (laughs) to click that subscribe button on Hockey Collective's YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, click subscribe. If you're listening to it on a streaming platform, give us a follow. That's what people forget. Wow. Well said, well said from your business manager over here. Mac, what do you got? I was well said. I'm going to take it back about, you know, 105 years before that statement was made. Right back to the 1917-18 season where the, the franchise with the least amount of games played ever took place. Montreal Wander, Wanderers played one season, played six games before lack of available players due to World War One and their arena burned down. Sorry, they played six games? Six games went one and five for the arena burnt down and lost a bunch of players to World War One. How do we all still not, we all know that name? They played. I thought they would have played a couple seasons. Jeez, yeah, that's why I'm laughing at the fact that you you dropped the World War One part and then you just also casually threw in that their arena burnt down. <laughs> what a turn of was it? Man. Arson? Like what happened? Arson? Like do we know? I have no idea. I didn't look that far into it. I okay. saw arena burnt down. I thought that would be a great people forget. It was. That's a good one. We're on a roll here so far. Hope I don't uh, kill the vibe, but I've got a a bit of a quiz or trivia based off Max style here. (sighs) Who do you guys think out of currently active goaltenders is in the top 45 in wins 
top 25 in shutouts and top 25 in all-time save percentage. Give a guess. Quick. Quick. All right. I'm just going to say flurry. I have no idea. Okay. It's a name that if I gave you guys five choices, you still probably wouldn't pick. Yaroslav Halak. Fellas, Yaroslav Halak is all over the all-time leaderboard for goaltenders in the NHL. 45th in all-time wins and climbing. He's set to pass three, I think two or three people. 25th in, or 26th, sorry, in all-time shutouts, set to keep climbing. 62nd in game started, set to keep climbing. 23rd in save percentage, set to keep climbing. And 36th in goals against average. That is insane to me. I always think of him as a backup goalie his whole career. I mean, I know he had some shakes in Montreal there and along the way, but I picture him as a backup goalie. Is that wild or just to me? He has, but he's always been a backup goalie for good teams, right? I mean, he's, yeah, I don't know. Even when he started, he was on a good Montreal team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I just thought that was crazy. I never in a million years would have thought he was in the top 50 all times in goalie wins. That feels wild, but I think that's just about going to do it here for the show. Ty, anything to add? No, that was fun, boys. I just, I want to put on my uh, CCM ASV pros right now and just go for a skate. So that's all I want to do, Mac. <laughs> I hear you. I can't wait till tomorrow until I do that exact thing. Lucky. Lucky, man. Get after it. Get after it. Break those new wheels in. Fellas, thanks for uh, thanks for listening to this show here. Episode 17, under our belts, like Tyler said, like, subscribe, whether you're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening, drop us a subscribe and a follow. Thanks for listening to another episode. We'll see you next week.